0: So in addition to cleaning out and optimizing the liver and the blood, it is weight loss. Everybody loves that, but I always say it's not a weight loss program. Weight loss is a side effect of wellness, but people do lose weight on the detox. So it's a great starter for that. But clear skin, Mm -hmm. brain fog dissipates, patience. People always talk about how much patience they have, which is so, I think that's so funny. And then, um, and mood enhancer, um, regularity, people tend to go every day uh, it helps them a lot and mental clarity skin energy is big and sleep is a big issue too so it tends to help with sleep issues
1: just like overall general wellness it sounds like quality of life Welcome to the Endobade podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech, endometriosis advocate and author, self-love and wellness junkie, and I'm on a mission to help you thrive with endometriosis and improve your quality of life. On the Endobade podcast, you'll hear empowering conversations with myself and experts as we dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, brain training, holistic healing, functional medicine, spirituality, self-love, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass babes, and I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered in your own health journey with the confidence and belief that you too can have more good days than bad. Are you with me, babe? See you in the podcast. Hello, my beautiful soul. This episode is brought to you by The Crystal Aesthetic. I created this company in 2022 for you, for me, and for anyone who seeks depth and meaning, believes in the unknown, and knows there's more to life than meets the eye. This company was inspired by magic and everything that I love and believe in, the universe the journey cosmic cowgirls country rock and wild witchy women as a woman-owned lifestyle brand we're dedicated to helping you feel comfortable in your skin and raising awareness about endometriosis and empowering you to love yourself even on the hard days just like you our items are full of magic and created with the intention of bringing comfort and style whether you're snuggled up on the couch exploring in nature or hitting the town Proceeds from this company are going to be donated to help support this podcast and making it free and donated to support endometriosis research. Let's hear it for small, enchanted, spoony businesses, and I hope you find something magical that you love. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the EndoBay podcast. This episode, I chatted with Risa Grow. She is a functional nutritionist and certified autoimmune coach who has a private practice in um, Newport Beach, California. We dug into the root cause of autoimmune disease. We chatted all about thyroid health, what it looks like, what tests you should get, all the different ways that the thyroid can malfunction basically, right? And the different pathways, how it can't be converted from T4 to T3 and all of these different things, what you can do today if you have low thyroid to help you improve your thyroid numbers and just to feel better in your skin and feel better and improve your quality of life. She looks at root causes using, using functional nutrition guidelines. She created a book or wrote a book that focuses on her for, or she calls it her food frame because she believes that everybody kind of depending on where your body is at should be be eating different types of diets. And so she has a quiz on her website that you can take for that. But we chatted about nutrition for thyroid health, supplements for thyroid health, and just really dug into how to support your thyroid. If you have autoimmune disease, or if you just have a sluggish thyroid, like I do after taking Lupron, you can use code endobabe to get 10% off of her program. I put the links in the show notes. So if you enjoy Risa and you'd like to work with her, um, get a consult with her, get your thyroid labs drawn, whatever it is. Um, she was kind enough to give us 10% off. So you can find all that in the show notes. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome Risa. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you,
0: Chelsea. It's really great to be here.
1: So usually I start off by having you kind of explain who you are and how you got doing what you're doing now.
0: Okay. So I am a functional nutritionist, which means I work with uh, functional medicine and functional nutrition guidelines. We're looking for prevention. We're looking for root causes. We consider the body a whole interconnected unit and we look at data, right? I'm not really good at playing darts with the lights off and I can't see the target. I'm not good at guessing. So I really like to have all the data. Um, And I'm also an autoimmune coach, a certified autoimmune coach. And so um, being that I have Hashimoto's and autoimmune uh, disease. I am um, I dove deep into autoimmune and I find so many people have it that um, and we're increasing in numbers as the years go. and so we should know a thing or two about it. So um, that's what I do. I have a private practice. Um, I am very passionate about watching people heal. It's the coolest thing ever. And um, I just um, I love what I do.
1: Beautiful. I love that your own health journey kickstarted you helping other people so they don't have to feel like you feel.
0: Yeah. It actually happened sort of concurrently or I started the process before I knew I had Hashis. I mean, I had thyroid issues, but I didn't know I had Hashis um, until I was sort of at the beginning stages of my career. And then I was
1: like, oh, okay, let's, let's go. Yep. Let's dive into that. I'll learn a little bit more. I know a lot of people with endometriosis have thyroid issues as well. So I'm really excited to chat with you about the thyroid and how to optimize thyroid health and really start feeling your best, especially if you're diagnosed with thyroid issues after taking a medication like I was, or you have Hashimoto's. Yeah.
0: Um, It's really important to to know. And um, the thing that I find so discouraging about the conventional allopathic community and our paradigm that we work in our uh, medical system is that we don't look at the whole thyroid and it's super important because it affects every system in the body practically and it's blood flow and it's you know uh, fertility which i know you know hits endometriosis right so there's so many factors that need to be looked at with the thyroid and i look at the entire panel i look at all nine markers of the thyroid because how do you know you know, I mean, I just met with somebody, you know, this morning who had great T4, great TSH, but not converting. So in that part, and, and she doesn't have a weight issue. And, you know, you would think she's fine because they only look at the TSH. Sometimes they might look at the TF, T4 as well. But, you know, that just because that I, what I always say is the thyroid's like trying to build a fire, right? The pituitary is what starts the ball rolling. It creates TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. And that goes through the liver. That's why we detox and we create T4. T4 is your inactive thyroid hormone and it's 93% of the equation. And it's great, but you need that conversion to take place where we cleave off one atom of iodine. And so we have T3, which is our active thyroid hormone. And that is only 3% or sorry, 7% of uh, of the equation. You know, I always say to people, it's like, imagine that you're trying to build a fire. Your TSH is your kindling. Your T4 is your wood. No matter how much wood and kindling you have, you will not build a fire unless you have a match, right? That match is your T3. That is your active thyroid hormone. So it's really important to see. And then are you reversing it, right? Your reverse T3, that's when your cortisol, your stress hormone is pulling from it. Right. Sometimes it could be some inflammation, but it's usually cortisol. And then we look at T3 uptake, which is incredibly important because that's our our sex hormones. That's estrogen, right? Are we out of balance? Are we competing for the thyroid site? If we have too much estrogen, yeah, we're going to probably steal, right? We're not going to be able to penetrate that thyroid site because we've got too much estrogen. So, and then do we have antibodies, right? We have to see, do we have any antibodies? There's three different stages of autoimmunity. So you have to see if you're in silent or reactive or, you know, you're full-blown disease. So it's really important to
1: look. Interesting. I wonder how many people are, like have undiagnosed thyroid issues because their doctor is only testing for TSH. Tons
0: and tons and tons.
1: And I know for me, like my levels are around five. My TSH is around five, but I feel best at like two, you know? And even when I get down to four, some of my doctors are like, oh, that's normal. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel great until it's lower. Right. Yeah.
0: The lab ranges usually go to 4.5. Yeah. And by the time you get to 4.5, you don't feel well. So, I mean, you're. they can't do anything until you're in full-blown disease. Yeah. So in functional medicine or functional nutrition, we like it between 1.0 and, and 2.0. So if you're starting to increase, if you're at five, I mean, it, it, that tells us that your body is going, oh, we don't have a fire. So let's give the body more kindling, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, trying to get the system started. Something is low somewhere. So if you don't look, you won't know, but you know, I can say with a TSH of five, something's low somewhere.
1: Yeah. And I, they don't test any of the other ones.
0: Yeah. It's terrible.
1: Unless I ask, you know, but but they'll do the T4 and then they don't really know what that means. Yeah.
0: Well, I have medication. Yep. I work with a lot of doctors. And, um, so I'm working with one right now. He's actually a surgeon and great guy, super knowledgeable. I could never, you know, do his job, but when I was going through his labs and I had to tell him that he had Hashimoto's, He did not know. And I was going through the labs and I said, are you familiar with these markers? Do you know what they are? And he said, no, I don't know. Now, he's not a thyroid specialist or an endocrinologist. He's a surgeon, but I kind of feel like we should be knowing what these numbers are, right?
1: Like the general idea of it, at least you'd think. Exactly. (laughs) That's why going to like somebody, a specialist is so important. It doesn't really matter what health issue you're having.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody who does real, you know, real labs. Yeah. Not what the insurance companies want
1: insurance companies. That's a whole nother conversation.
0: (laughs) I don't
1: know. I've had thyroid issues since 2014. Um, cause I was put on Lupron for my endometriosis. I was told it was my only option, um, put me into medical menopause when I was 21. Um, and after that, I got severe depression and thyroid issues. And um, I, they checked, they said they checked my antibodies. I don't know if they checked all three levels, but I Uh didn't have any antibodies. So they said it's not Hashimoto's. It's just whatever the secondary hypothyroidism or whatever.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, it doesn't mean that you won't get antibodies. Right. Yeah. For sure. So I put together a list in my book food frame of mm-hmm. all the the root causes of autoimmunity mm-hmm. because I couldn't find it when I was diagnosed. And yeah. I, I kept saying, why is this? Why, why would I get this? And a third of it is genetics, no matter what kind of autoimmune condition it is. And then a big chunk of it is leaky gut. Mm-hmm. So again, not usually tested. I test everybody for leaky gut but not usually tested. And so leaky gut is huge, right? So we have those holes in the intestinal lining. We really only have one layer of epithelial cells in the intestinal lining. So it's fragile. And if we're eating a lot of gluten, a lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, chemicals, and and, um, dairy and and chemicals, we're gonna start opening up those tight junctions, right? That gluten is just gonna push them open. And we have these food particles and all these things that go into the, the bloodstream where it's not supposed to, right? It comes into the body, into the bloodstream, and the body says, "Who are you? You're the enemy. And you're coming in through the back door," and it creates antibodies. And these antibodies have got to find a place to land eventually, right? So they're going to land on a gland or a tissue or an organ, and that's how we get autoimmune disease, right? So that's what we got. Also, MTHFR, the gene mutation MTHFR. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's a big one as well. And that is, you know, a mutation where your it's, you know, ninety percent of the population has it. I have it. Both my kids have it. It's one hundred percent genetic, and it basically means that you're not able to methylize or process either your B twelve and or your folate. Hmm. And um, when you uh, have that, you'll see elevated levels of homocysteine, and um, usually the size of your red blood cell it gets enlarged. Um,
1: Interesting. How do you test for that?
0: So MCV is on a regular CBC. Um, Oh, the
1: the mean corpuscular volume.
0: Exactly.
1: But for the MT? mt I I test everybody for it. Yeah. But how do you test it? Is it like a blood test or a?
0: You can do a blood, you can do a cheek swab. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I usually, well, I do both depending on what, yeah, what works best for the patient. But um, so it's really important when you have that to know. And you just take a B vitamin. My B ultra is in methylated forms. So it's easy to um, process and absorb. And then there's viruses, you know, Epstein-Barr virus, which most people have as well. It lays dormant, but it can become activated. That's, you know, can dysregulate blood sugar and, and um, thyroid. It's also uh, responsible for up to 33 autoimmune diseases. Wow. Uh, so another root cause, cytomegalovirus. I test for, um, lots of different uh, uh, pathogens. Uh, There's some parasites, blastocystis hominis, for instance, that uh, can lead to uh, Hashimoto's. Um, I've yet to have anybody I've worked with who has um, rheumatoid arthritis that doesn't have propotelis species, um, high levels of that. So these are things that can um, cause autoimmune disease, but lack of vitamin D, um and high levels of mercury and toxic overload.
1: So if so say somebody's listening to the podcast and they have multiple autoimmune diseases, how would you start to manage that or tackle it? Like where would you start?
0: Well, the very first thing I would do is quell the inflammation. When we have autoimmune diseases, we're in what we would call a cytokine storm right? We are just, all these antibodies are swirling around the body and they're hitting different glands, organs, or tissues, right? So we got to quell that inflammation. So I usually do my fab five for supplementation, which is vitamin D, omega three fatty acids, my omega max, my turmeric max, my resveratrol and glutathione. Those are all really important anti-inflammatory. So we'll stop that, that inflammatory cascade. Then I would change their diet and probably put them on an AIP, the autoimmune protocol to stop that inflammation again. And, um, and then that's where I would start, um, depending, and then I would do some testing. So I would do a stool test for absolutely for sure. I do that for everybody, but find out if they have a lot of, uh, pathogens, which usually they typically do, and then, um, start start addressing them naturally. And we, we see Hashimoto's reversed in this office. I have worked with somebody with rheumatoid arthritis that is completely gone. Uh, So, uh, and most of the people I work with, I work with uh, a few rheumatoid arthritis patients right now who are not having any joint pain at all. So, and this is really amazing for people who really live with debilitating pain daily.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. So what are some supplements that are good for thyroid health?
0: Um, Thyroid, we definitely want to stay away from gluten, soy, and dairy. Um, Those are real big triggers for um, thyroid. Um, And as far as supplements are concerned, Vitamin D is critically important. We have a D receptor site in every cell in the body. It is um, called a a vitamin, but it's actually a hormone. But vitamin D is crazy important for every system in the body. Um, And then uh, the anti-inflammatories, as I mentioned, I would always do those. And then I have, depending on what your issues are, I have a few uh, supplements that I recommend if you have a conversion issue. I have a, a supplement called Optithyroid, which helps with function and conversion. It has the selenium that you would need for that conversion. It has all the minerals to make that T4, cleave off that atom of iodine to become an active thyroid um, uh, hormone. So Optithyroid for sure is something that I would recommend. Yeah, Omega, uh, as I mentioned, those are really good for thyroid and anti-inflammatory and, um, selenium is really an important mineral for that conversion. So I usually tell people, depending on what their levels are, um, have two Brazil nuts. It's those big fat nuts that everybody leaves in the, the bottom of the jar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I keep them in the freezer and I put two in my shake pretty much every day if I'm having conversion issues. Um, but, uh, so that's what you can get a lot of selenium from that. Interesting. Yeah. And I said soy, so we stay away from
1: soy. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Is it just because it's a phytoestrogen or?
0: Yeah, exactly. It carries isoflavins, which mimic estrogens. Exactly. So it just isn't really compatible with the, with the thyroid.
1: Interesting.
0: And B&D is pretty much what I put everybody on. And then I have a product called Gut Reboot. That Mm -hmm. is really important for healing a leaky gut. It's got L-glutamine and L, marshmallow roots and carnosine. It's all just what I call grout for leaky gut. I'm also a big, big fan of collagen. I do a Mm -hmm. lot of collagen. And um, pretty much anybody I work with uh, when they come into my office, unless they're exceptionally sick, I'll start them off on my detox. So it's a collagen shake twice a day, and then you're eating real food, but you're eating just clean animal protein, vegetables, sweet potato, yams, good fats. Um, And uh, that is really helpful for regulating everything. It regulates, you know, it just binds with some excess estrogens in the liver and helps balance that out and um, just helps clean out the liver, which optimizes every function.
1: Every single function.
0: (laughs) exactly. Love to detox around here.
1: I know, right? Or helping our body support the detox normal detoxification pathways.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cuz a lot of times when I we detox somebody, they come back in and they're like 80% of my symptoms are gone.
1: Mm. Right? Yeah.
0: So it's toxic overload. Right?
1: Yeah. What are the benefits of detoxification?
0: So um, in addition to cleaning out and optimizing the liver and the blood, it is um, weight loss. Everybody loves that, but I always say it's not a weight loss program. Weight loss is a side effect of wellness, but people do lose weight on the detox. So it's a great starter for that. But clear skin, brain fog dissipates, patience. People always talk about how much patience they have, which is so, I think that's so funny. And then, um, and mood enhancer, Um, regularity, people tend to go, every day. uh, It helps them a lot. And mental clarity, skin energy is big and sleep is a big issue too. So it tends to help with sleep
1: issues. Just like overall general wellness. It sounds like quality of life.
0: Yep. I always say, if you don't clean out your garage, how are you going to put your car in there? Right. Right. You've got too many boxes in there. you got to clean it out once a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So, get the junk out, get the boxes, get the stuff you don't need out there and so you can park your car in. Yeah. Right. Exactly the same thing.
1: That's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so for somebody back to the thyroid, yeah. for somebody who say they do everything that you just said, they're on the autoimmune protocol, do they have to be on that diet forever?
0: Great question. Um, no. So it's not actually a lifestyle eating. It's basically an elimination diet and it's meant to go for 30 to 90 days and it really helps quality inflammation. Uh, and so then after that, I, I, I wrote my book Food Frame because I believe that, uh, you know, when I first started working as a nutritionist, I would put everybody on the same diet. And I thought, why are some people excelling at this and others are really not excelling? And I realized that we should all not be eating exactly the same way. We are all genetically different. We are all um, medically different. We're just, we have different lifestyles. We have different levels of stress. We have different levels of everything. So I created Food Frame, and that's my methodology. And I believe that everybody should be eating according to their health status. So if your health status is autoimmune, Then you have to quell the inflammation on the AIP protocol. And after that, I would recommend you go low lectin or paleo. So in my book, I highlight the six different diet types that I always recommend. Typically, I don't usually stray from those except for rare occasion. Um, But I would start everybody off with a detox for two weeks. And then you get your food frame. Figure out which one you are. If you've got blood sugar dysregulation, you're pre-diabetic, you've got insulin resistance, or you're full-blown diabetic, I'm going to absolutely recommend keto or uh, paleo for you. So really important to keep dysregulating you know, or keep regulating those sugars. Yeah. So um, uh, low lectin, as I mentioned, is a great alternative to uh, a lifestyle with autoimmunity because it is focused on decreasing systemic inflammation. If you've got small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, SIBO, which is chronic bloating, and either uh, diarrhea or uh, constipation or both, then I highly recommend that you go on a low FODMAP um, eating lifestyle. Again, also if you have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome or irritable bowel disease, that also is for low FODMAP. FODMAP is an acronym. It stands for fermented oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. And so in plain English, that means carbohydrates Hydrates that tend to absorb water, right? You want to be on a low FODMAP um, eating plan. Now, that is also an elimination diet. Again, 30 to 90 days, the stricter you are at the beginning, the better off you'll be. Very difficult, but very rewarding. You can really do um, see a lot of success if you do it the right way. And then keto and paleo, um, as I mentioned, those are great for uh, blood sugar dysregulation. Uh, i'm not a big fan of keto for everyone if you do not have a gallbladder keto is not for you if you um do not uh, if you have high stress it's probably not good for you uh keto is much more successful it seems for men than it is for women um but some women can get into the state of ketosis i know for me i can't seem to get into the state of ketosis i always have to to, to take a urine test and I have to take exogenous ketones to get into the state of ketosis. But, um, and if that works for you, that could be a very, very effective way to balance out blood sugars. I believe that you should take about a, th- a three month stint on that and then take a little bit of a break. The challenge on keto was getting enough fiber, hard to get enough fiber because you're just eating meat and cheese and cream and yeah, and carbohydrates are in, in every food except for meat and cheese and, and oils, right? <laughs> so hard to get a little bit of um, fiber. And then the last one is vegetarian, which um, I'm not a, a huge fan of vegetarian. And I know people are have a lot of different reasons. I was vegan for, for quite a while, and I kept seeing my, my blood sugars go up because I was sustaining myself on beans, beans, nuts, and seeds. And I had a lot of beans all the time because I needed a lot of protein and, uh, it just wasn't good for my blood sugar. It just kept going up and up and up. So I stopped that and, uh, but I get it. So, um, there's different types of vegetarian. I talk about this in my book quite a bit. And so if you're not the vegetarian, that's eating French fries and Coke and Oreos, and you're eating actual real vegetables, um, and plant proteins then, um, much better. And not everybody does well on a, on a vegetarian or vegan diet. So it's very customized. I feel like the TV knows what we like to watch. The radio knows what we like to listen to. We should be honing in on our customized eating plan and not eating as everybody else does.
1: Exactly. My body did not like vegan either. I was vegan for a year and I was mm-hmm. so sick that whole year. Really? Yeah
0: just didn't have a good immune system or strength.
1: Yeah. And not enough strength. And I think I had a lot of blood sugar issues. So I was just exhausted all the time. I was super nauseous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It isn't for everybody. Yeah. And there isn't a question in my mind that we should all be eating tons of plants, no matter what diet type you're, you're best for, um, except for keto. Right. We can't have that many, but you should still be eating vegetables. We are born to eat vegetables. So we need to, but we also need protein.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it.
0: Yeah, we do. As more
1: active you are, the more you need. Yeah. Do you think um, somebody who has like PCOS, because that is a type of insulin resistance Mm -hmm. that, what do you say? Paleo and keto Mm
0: -hmm.
1: are good for those?
0: Very, very good for that. Yeah. And there's, usually a high testosterone level Mm -hmm. with PCOS. So, um, absolutely that would help for sure.
1: Nice. Um, what is low lectin? So low, so lectins, Mm -hmm. um,
0: well, let me back up. So all living organisms have the ability to, um, to, uh, cope with danger, right? We all have a, a protective way of, of dealing, right? So humans, when we're in a state of danger, we can bite, kick, scream, flee, call 911, um, you know, do what we need to do to get out of a dangerous situation. Plants, on the other hand, don't have those abilities, right? So what they have is this, what I would call a hard candy shell around their bran or their germ or their seed. And that basically says, you cannot destroy me so that I can sustain myself and procreate our two main goals as living organisms. And so what happens is people have a hard time breaking down lectins. And these are mostly in in legumes, right? So here we are with the vegans, right? So um, legumes, and it's also in a lot of seeds. So it's in seeds of tomatoes and skins of tomatoes. It's in seeds and skins of peppers. Um, It's in squashes, cucumbers things like that, nightshades are very high in lectins. So those are tomatoes, potatoes of any kind, except for sweet potato and yams. It's in um, peppers of any kind, eggplant, goji berries. Um, and so what happens is our body, when we eat them, we can't really break them down. So if unless we have a really acidic environment in our gut, which we should, right? We want a, 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 sick, a gut and an alkalized blood. And, um, so we try to break them down and if we can't break them down, we tend to bloat. We all know who we're talking about, right? Cause it's the people who eat that hummus and go, oh gosh, what did I do that for? Right. Or they, their stomach gets distended. So that is a person who doesn't have enough digestive enzymes, but those lectins in those foods, uh, they are causing an inflammatory response. So it's not good for somebody who we're trying to get the inflammation down somebody who has autoimmune disease. So, um, lectins are that phytate, same thing. They're under an umbrella called anti-nutrients.
1: Interesting. So who would a low li- like who would a low lectin diet be beneficial for
0: anybody who really wants to, um, decrease their systemic inflammation yeah. and anybody with, uh, autoimmune disease that is done with the AIP protocol. Those would be uh, low lectin is good, but anybody uh, would be really good for low lectin. So if you just wanted to decrease your inflammation, you'd be a perfect candidate for that. Interesting. Kelly Clarkson lost, I think 45 pounds doing low lectin. Really? Yeah.
1: It's funny. Cause I've never heard of that one. I've heard of all the other guys.
0: Dr. Gundry. Are you familiar with him? Mm -mm. He's really, um, he wrote the book, um, the plant paradox Mm -hmm. and he talks about like quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I have heard of that book.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, this was a beautiful conversation. Thank you for coming on and talking to us about thyroid. Is there any other things that you would leave everybody with on optimizing thyroid health?
0: Um, sleep and lifestyle are really big so exercise not too much because that can um, reverse some some progress and um and uh stress management stress and thyroid you know i mean stress and everything really and we live in just a go 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 and all of us are just we just don't unplug it's just it's horrible right so lifestyle is a big component to thyroid and thyroid success but I would absolutely recommend that people get tested for the whole thyroid panel. I do have a class that I just fairly recently launched called Achieving Optimal Thyroid Health. It's on my website. And it really, I'm so proud of that course. I put everything I know into it and I do a lot of work with thyroid. So what to eat, what not to eat. If you have thyroidectomy, if you have low thyroid, hyperthyroid, Graves, uh, Hashi's, everything, nodules, everything I address, what to eat, what supplements to take everything. I do a really big, deep dive into it. And, um, so it's really helpful for people.
1: Perfect. And then if somebody wanted to work with you to be able to get that full thyroid panel,
0: sure. Um, you can find me, I work with people virtually and in office. Um, and you can find me on my website at resa grew nutrition, um, .com and all my uh, products are there. My, uh, My um, course is there. My book is there. Everything is there. And they're welcome to contact me uh, via email or um, phone. And we'll set up an appointment and we'll do a deep dive. Perfect.
1: I'm, yeah. And I probably Instagram, need that. What's that? I was like, I probably need that. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's do it. Let's deep dive. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram and, you know, all that stuff, TikTok and Facebook. I do a lot of information videos beautiful
1: and we need that so thank you for doing yeah. that. yeah
0: yeah and i'd like to offer your audience uh 10 off the RGN talks
1: oh beautiful
0: yeah so we'll give you a code you can put it in the show notes
1: perfect wonderful thank you so much for coming on risa you are a wealth of information i know that this has helped and opened my eyes a lot on thyroid health um oh, yeah. and i'm sure everybody listening feels the same
0: well thanks so much for having me
1: yeah of course David, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I had so much fun and I'm so fucking grateful for every single one of you. If you thought that this was helpful or you loved any part of this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to screenshot it and post it on Instagram at Chelsea Bree, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-A-B-R-I and tag me. I would love to see what you're getting out of the episodes. It makes me so happy. I would also love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that just helps other wonderful endopapes find me as well. I adore you and I believe that you don't deserve to feel like shit you deserve to have a normal life despite endometriosis I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you on next week's episode of the endo babe podcast